It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, September 23rd, and you're listening to episode 382. Well, hey, this week here, I'm joined by Julio. How's it going, buddy? Doing good, Jason. How about yourself? Doing real good. Doing real good. I, uh, yeah, I've got my voice back as I didn't on the last episode, so that's pretty exciting that I sound like me again. It's the last episode I come back from grand kind of was like i'm jason uh. so well i mean it, there wasn't much of a change there <laughs> oh no me. but i'm actually i'm actually on the same boat i don't know why I, I've, I've been traveling i'm currently in montana for an engineering conference and i feel a little raspy on the voice so i may be getting a little sick i gotta drink something i'm one of those Guys, that if I start feeling a little sick, I take I just take a Dayquil, and usually it actually kills it before it it does anything. That's nice. That is not that is not typical for most of us. So that is uh, pretty awesome for you that it does that. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm one of those that if when I get when I get um, sick, I really get sick, but I don't get sick very often. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I for having the fact that I have two small children at home uh, they are they don't get sick as much anymore either but they used to be sick all the time and it was the worst because like they'd be sick and then you'd get like some weird kids disease like one time i got hand foot and mouth because i never had it as a kid and i got it as an adult and let me tell you what i wish i'd had it as a kid because as an adult it was like five days of feeling like garbage and having sores all over my hands and my feet. It was, it was pretty cool. I wouldn't recommend it. Sounds, um, sounds pleasant. Yeah. It was super pleasant, super pleasant. So, well, well enough about that game design, game What's design been going on on that front. Uh, so, uh, it's funny. I, I, you know, people, people are always asking, I'm sure you get this too. Friends of yours who, uh, who know about the fact that you game design, but maybe aren't designers, will say like, oh, Julio, you got any new games you're working on? And then like you're trying to explain some of them and, you know, trying to like, oh, there's so many of them. And, um, you know, I uh, recently decided on Facebook, uh, you saw this, to, to make a list of all the games that I'm working on right now. Um, and yeah. I came up with, with a list I of 19 games that I'm actively working on, uh, on Facebook. And then when I was talking to Neil realized I forgot to, and it's actually 21. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, so what, what's interesting to me is I, I was tweeting about this too. Like I, I find that when I'm working with other people on 10, I said 10 games, turns out I was half correct. <laughs> it's halfway there. Um, <laughs> I'm so much more motivated and getting things done. Um, and, you know, part of it, I think, is there's that drive of like, I'm being creative. I've got a lot going on. I'm going to really lean into this. But really, a big part of it is, you know, when you struggle with like the idea of imposter syndrome, um, you know, the idea that yeah. like, as I get more successful, like, am I really, do I know what I'm doing? Just working with another designer who's also like, this is cool, like that really validates, you know, your brain to say, no, no, this is good. Like somebody else is working on this. This isn't just you. Um, and I could work on something where I was like 99% of the idea and the person was like, here's my 1% and we called it a co-design and I still would feel a thousand times better. <laughs> so not that I've done that. Everything I've done has been a partnership, but like, I'm just saying like, that's how drastic it is, you know? Um 
Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, I guess I'm I'm a I've tried co-designing a, a couple times, and I currently have some ongoing co-designs. Um, but so far, it, it's been I guess not as productive as I thought it would be. Um, I mean, I, I've gotten like uh, contact with people that had just hey, I, I've I I got this idea. You want to check it out? And I'm like, well, wh- why not? Let's let's try it. And uh, at first, it was like, hey, I want to le- meet at least once a week and just discuss uh, ideas and see how we develop this into something concrete. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I guess, the same the same design mindset that I do for my normal designs. Right. Right. But I I, I guess it, it just kind of fizzles out for some reason. I guess it doesn't meld well our, our design spaces. Um, but, but I have also, I mean, I have a co-design with Andrew, Andrew Spawn. He, he was part of the game designers of North Carolina until he moved to, um, India, Indianapolis. And I got one with Seth, uh, McCormick, who's part of the game designers of North Carolina here. So I guess the, and, and I guess I've started something with you, but that's still, um, I guess a work in progress, but I think the ones that work best for me are with people that I can get together with physically Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know if uh, i don't know if that makes sense but i I guess just having a person to talk with and look at it's just easier for me to do a co-design with yeah so i completely um completely get that but for me it's it that actually doesn't matter i thought it would matter like when i first started designing with neil i was nervous that not being able to sit across from him would really be a problem um you know, when, when we had our design weekend where we spent the whole weekend designing, we were like prolific in the amount of stuff we got done. But still, yeah. on a weekly basis, we are really consistent with getting, you know, several things accomplished in our calls. You know, and I was trying to think, because I felt the same way when you and I started working on this game even, like I was like, are we like going to have the speed that I have working with like a Neil? Like, and, and if not, like, what's the difference, right? Um, you know, and I, like just trying to kind of workshop through that idea, like what's what's the difference and I don't know what it is. Like, I, I was thinking about that afterwards because we were working on this game. And it's early stages, like you said. You have kind of a cool game that needs some spicing up, right? Um, and, you know, a good, a good core mechanic. And then we were trying to work through how that would work. And, uh, yeah, and I don't know. Like, I feel like when we got done with a call, it was kind of like... All right, well, let's try and think of more ideas to make this work. And I don't know. Yeah, it was a it, it was a little disorganized, and also it doesn't help that I I had stuff come up. It's just been crazy at work too. So there's a part of you know you've got real life that you you got to deal with too. So it's just crazy. I guess that's 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 why I like working just me designing because I can control at least that part of it, right? When you get somebody else involved in a design, you got to, you know, merge schedules and be at least uh, agreeable with the design ideas and mechanics and themes and stuff like that is, I mean, to each their own. I mean, uh, I'm not going to give up on co-designing. I'm going to give it a try as long as there's, uh, I guess, some design flow there. Right. No, and it's, you know, everybody has a different style, like. I actually, it's funny. I just wrote a blog post two weeks ago um, called Stop, Collaborate, and Listen based on Vanilla Ice's sweet song, Ice Ice Baby, um, and what we could learn about that and how to collaborate. And like, um, 
you know, uh, when I first started in game design, I, I had worked in doing independent films was kind of my creative thing before that. Um, and one of the reasons I got out of that is because I had to count on 50 to 100 people on some of those films to get stuff done. And I hated that because that was a lot of people that yeah. kind of getting it done. Um, and I was always the one in charge, right? I was the the director, the writer, one of the producers. Like I was my money generally funding those films um, or at least my my money was the um, largest portion of the films, right? Uh, we had some investors sometimes, but like because of that, um, it was really stressful. And with game design, it was kind of like, I can just do this on my own and I don't have to worry about like, working with anyone else or but then like as i started to to do more game design i was like you know like i miss working with other people and um and i didn't realize how much i missed it till i started working with neil and then now i'm designing with like several other people um because it just it clicked for me you know um that said yeah like i, I one of the reasons i think that i get so far with neil is because um like we meet every single week, same time slot for an hour. And we talk about, we'll talk about whatever the most pressing game is. And then we'll usually talk about one other game, sometimes two other games in that time. Um, and we, we've just gotten really good at kind of shorthand with each other and going back and forth. And it, it's become really easy for us to communicate quickly and to get things done quickly. And that frankly just came with time. I mean, you know, when we first started, we, we had some cool ideas, but like, we're not like Neil would be like, let's do this. And I'm like, okay. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure what he means, but we'll figure it out. You know, and now it's like, he's yeah, like, let's you, do this. I, guess like, you, I got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. You also bring a good point with uh, one thing that you mentioned that you meet every week at the same time. So you're being consistent with communication, which is a good segue for it is. our topic. Oh, look at you. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> that was, so that was impressive. Our, our topic for this week that I thought of was kind of talk about communication in general, maybe a designer to publisher communication, even designer to designer communication, like we were talking about just now. So I, I guess we're, we've already started. Yeah, I think that that's I think that's all important to include in that, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I wanted to bring this one up because so it's been a month and a half at this point um, since Gen Con. And I had a great Gen Con. Um, I had, I think, like five games were were taken with publishers. Uh, did I say five? Uh, eight games. Um, and I was very excited. You know, eight different games, different publishers, and let's see what happens. And it's been a, a month and a half, and I haven't gotten uh, next to no communication from publishers. Um, so it's something that has been kind of, nipping at me for the past couple of weeks. Uh, so I just wanted to talk just in general communication and kind of talk through this whole thing. Yeah. So, so first, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I think that the idea that you had eight publishers want to take copies of your game and then not hear back from them right away from any of them. I'm going to bet that's pretty normal. Um, but it doesn't feel normal, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, not, I mean, not exactly because so, okay. So let, let's just start off. Um, in my experience, designer publisher communication starts off with not knowing the person, right? That's usually how it goes. You don't right. know the person and you want to 
make a connection somehow in in this design industry you want to make a connection to be able to pitch your game or show your game off or play test your game and there's different right. ways to do it um for most of us um people some people can't go to conventions and that's usually the one that i maybe start off with you know mm-hmm. there's nothing as easy as approaching somebody at least for me in that case because there's also the introverted and extroverted side right if you see somebody you can just approach them and say your name and and just kind of hey i'm a designer and i got a game that may fit your line if you guys are looking for pitches i would appreciate um pitching my game but again this is just something on a convention usually i don't do that especially because they've publishers are busy and they already got their schedule set up so that's just the the simple one you don't have to do anything just walk up and talk but it's it's definitely a hard one to do because of the whole uh social component of if i'm an introvert it's not as easy to approach somebody i don't know and talk to right 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 so 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 let's do maybe the let's back up a couple months maybe if you are going to conventions then and you are looking to pitch a game to publishers then you have to start off with some research and this is where i i said this is the the harder part because you have to do a lot more work it's not as easy as walking up to somebody right. talk to, talking to them but i think it has the uh, bigger payoff so um when i do research i have designed a game i have have the rules written i have play tested it a lot i have sell sheet i sometimes even have a video uh of the of maybe a video overview of my game so what i do is i look for publishers that have a similar library to the game that i want to pitch now in here I, i think you have to be careful because sometimes people recommend hey if a publisher has a game that's just like yours pitch to them now this may get difficult because their they their I guess their way of thinking would be like if this game's so similar to our game, why would we want to split our audience and right. you know publish your game? But at the same time, if they do have a game that's similar, they have experience on on and and the audience for that game. So if it's different enough, it can still fit for that publisher. Yeah. So. So in my research, what I try to do is research on the what, I guess, uh, their weight of the game and the feeling that the game provides um, and, and contact publishers based on that. And this is where, I guess, being courteous is very important when it comes to communication, especially when dealing with somebody you don't know. Um, and sending an email is just as, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's a good way to start. And, you know, you're, you got to be straight to the point when it comes to communicating on, on a pitch through an email, a cold email. You don't know the person. Start off, you know, hello, my name is right. Nazario. Um, I got this game. It's called This. And I think it would be a good fit to so-and-so publisher because of this. And just a simple a uh, sentence of why you think the game can fit that publisher's line. Yep. And after that, you can say, here's a little more information on the game. And basically, you'll have maybe the player count, the how long the game takes, the age, age and uh, maybe the premise of the game. 
and finish it up with if you want more information here's a sell sheet maybe a video overview if you've done it and i always end it with thank you for your time and consideration and that's it you know that's that's like that's how i always start off my my emails to to a publisher that i don't i don't know and what of course if there is a convention coming, for example, Origins or Gen Con, you're, uh, I also mentioned that you know I, I will be attending Gen Con. If you are interested in knowing more or, or me pitching the game to you, uh, I would appreciate if, if you would add me to your schedule if possible. It's always kind of putting it, the ball on their side, kind of, again, being courteous, don't demand anything. Um, I guess it's the whole humble part, which... It's something that I'm gonna come back to, uh, but at, at, at this point, what what do you think of how how do things go on your side? Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what my schedule stuff looks like as well. Um, you know, reaching out to publishers. I usually start with publishers that I have relationships with to say, hey, is this yeah. something you might be interested in? Um, for one, because it's usually an easier meeting to get because a lot of times, I mean, with some publishers, I know I'll even just say, Hey, I've got a couple games that I I'd like to show you. Uh, if you don't mind, I think they could fit. If not, I know you'll give me good feedback on them. Um, you know, uh, the other thing you yeah, said, but, I, I, but if you're, if you're a new designer, it, I mean, you don't have people uh, that, you yeah, know, so no, it's, it's, I, right. that's just, yeah, no. And so, I mean, if you're a new designer, number one thing to do, um, is to go out and get the Cardboard Edison uh, big uh, spreadsheet thing they made. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but this is a huge thing. The publisher that, compendium. The, yeah, the publisher compendium. Get that and then use that to determine who you should be pitching games to and how to get a hold of them and how to follow the rules that they like for pitching games. I mean, like that is a no-brainer. It will cost you, I think, five bucks. It's the smartest $5 oh, you'll ever two, spend on game design. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, and uh, you can, I mean, you can back them on Patreon for two dollars a month, and it's, yep. and you'll get that too. Yep. I mean, it's a they, they're a great resource. They compile all these game design resources and and that stuff. So, shout yeah. out to them. But the other thing you said when referring to the email that I thought was really important and uh, harkens back to something that my uh, my boy uh, Rob Van Winkle once said, uh, which was you said you know be straight to the point, and and as he said. Uh, straight to the point, to the point, no faking, and you'll be cooking MCs like a pound of bacon. Um, Robert Van Winkle, of course, is, is vanilla ice. So, um, yeah, but no. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think everything you said there is good. You want to be courteous and humble, you know. Um, something that I've seen designers doing now that are, you know, like 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 the John Gilmores of the world and some others, Isaac Shalev I see does this, where they'll actually just start posting on Facebook and tweeting, hey, I got these games. If anybody wants to see them, let me know. And and they're getting a couple of publisher meetings off those little messages, right? Because publishers are starting to know them. And, you know, I've been trying really hard to focus on my Twitter presence Um in an attempt to to build up more followers, um, you know, I, I so I want to say that I was like twelve seventy, twelve hundred and seventy, like two weeks ago, and I was like, I'm gonna start tweeting. And after spending just a few days like tweeting more about game design and conversing back and forth with people, I picked up sixteen followers like that, right? And at least one of them that I've picked up, I know is a publisher, and like they're the person who looks for games, and so. That just makes another contact there, right? And um, you know, trying trying to actively talk about the designs I'm working on on Twitter, um, 
like w- generally when I'm going to have a meeting like with with a co-designer, I'll now I'll tweet, oh, I'm about to have a meeting with this person. Um, like and I'll mention them and like <laughs> that tends to um, like get people's attention. Right. And it keeps you in the community. Um, you know, I think it helps to show like you're a conversational person, you're working on some stuff, you're legit. Right. And um, and then, you know, publishers see that. Uh, that's a helpful way to for them. Oh, Julio. Yeah, I've heard of Julio. Yeah, I've heard he's cool. Like I, I follow him on Twitter or something. Right. And and now suddenly like, yeah, they see your email and they think I remember his name. I have a meeting with him. Yeah. Why not? You know? Um, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's a, I guess a, it's a way to stand out. But I, I recommend just uh, be careful with with that, too, because I guess sometimes there's this whole social thing. And you can probably talk uh, with me about this, too, that. You know, you sometimes if you reach out to the void of social media and you don't get a response, um, it doesn't feel good. No, that is. You know, it's it's it, yeah. It's, that a, is it's true. the equivalent of being ignored, really. Right. Even though people have seen it, you know, when you don't get that that you know heart uh, like or whatever, um, you don't you you don't feel like you're you're being um, noticed. Right. And so, so that's the, the 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 other side of that. I can't fix so, that so for myself, right? Like when I tweet, I can't make anyone reply to me, right? I can't make anybody care. But here's something that I do uh, that I encourage anyone out there to do. Two things. One, you follow people, they tweet stuff, you're their friend, they tweet something that's, you know, even a little bit interesting or or they're trying to be funny or whatever. Like that, like that tweet, right? Like, like it, be, be generous, right? <laughs> Again, because that makes people feel good, right? And I, I know that people have done that for me, I'm sure, where I'm like, haha, this is a funny joke. And people are like, that's stupid. But they like it anyways, because they're being nice, right? Uh, but the other thing is, and this is something I've started doing. I, um, there's a, a social media guy that I follow, and he talks a lot about this. And I've started doing it, um, and I feel really good doing it. And it's really upped my interactions on Twitter and Facebook. And that's if someone replies to one of your tweets or ask you a question, or whatever, reply to every yeah. single one of those. Um, mm-hmm. okay. And uh, it's something that I was very slacking on, and I've started doing. Like, I used to like, oh, that's funny, I'll like their, you know, I, I enjoyed it, it's a great comment, I liked it, so they knew that. But I thought, you know what, no, I'm gonna reply, I'm gonna take the time and reply to that person. Um, and you know what, like, that's been really cool. Um, like I've had a lot more conversations because of that. It's a good way to make connections too, because it's also a good way just to be nice though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true, but I mean, I didn't mean connections as in networking, uh, but I meant connections as in social connection with people. Right. Which is Um, important in this industry and in life in general. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and the only other way you could really do it is meeting these people in person, which is very hard. Even though the board game industry is growing, it's still fairly small. And like, for example, I'm in Montana right now and there's no game design community that I know of. I like put it on Twitter. Like, I'll be here. I'll meet with anybody really. And I didn't hear anybody. Of course, I don't have that much of a Twitter presence, but still. Um, so, so yeah, as long as you can make a, a social connection, uh, with per with people that's definitely a, a great way to do it um yeah. so going back to communication um let's say you have had a, a 
uh, like a, a publisher responded back. Uh, what do you do next? Let's say, you know, they were, they responded with a negative. They said, oh, I, I saw your game. I don't think this would be a good fit, but thank you, which would be great. I would prefer that yep. 100% over ignore, they completely ignoring me because that does happen a lot. Um, one thing that I, uh, I guess I wanted to talk about was the whole thing about, you know, being courteous and humble um does, doesn't always mean that you're you're like that that you will get it back right 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 which that's is, fair which is interesting because i mean so far like 99% of the people and probably 100 of the people i've met through the board game industry have been very nice very nice and 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 great to great people in general so it's just interesting that you get the these social interactions where you don't feel that way, and and that's kind of there's a disconnect there, I guess. Um, you know, being let's use the term ghosted, like in a relationship, you had what you thought it was a good interaction with this person, and then you don't hear anything. So it doesn't really feel good that somebody doesn't respond back, and there's no interest, but. Even if you do get rejected at that point, it is still good that you make some sort of connection with that right. person. Now you have that little line where you could, hey, in the future, hey, oh, oh, thank you for taking the, uh, this is what would be a response that I would make. Thank you for the, taking the time and looking at, tr checking out the game. Um, is there anything that you, you are looking for currently? And they may respond and they may not, but that's that's already starting a conversation there and you don't have to be like super you know respond and and be very i guess uh responsive in that sense like oh they responded right. an hour ago i gotta respond now you can make it because when it comes to email there's uh there's a statute of limitations i guess what <laughs> right right long because when it comes to a text, I think you you talked with this at some point. A text, you know, if it's uh, I guess an hour to two hours of a text, it may be a little too long. A day, it's a lot, at least for me. Yeah, I'll get somebody to reply from to one of my texts like two days later, and I'm like, "What's going on? Like, <laughs> this is not exactly, how you use text." Exactly. But with emails, there's a little more leeway there. Um, but it also does set an expectation of you, okay, if I send this email now, I'll hopefully get a, re a reply within a week because that's right. in email terms that that's actually pretty good. But I guess there's this whole thing and, and you mentioned John Gilmore, Axel Chilev. They're at this point, they're known designers. So I guess they have a reputation as a designer. And, and publishers want to know what they're working on because they have proven themselves to be uh, designers of a certain caliber. So for new designers, right. it's definitely hard to break through that without having a game out. So how can I prove myself if I can't make that social connection and, and industry connection if I, I don't have... So it's kind of... The chicken or the egg? What came first? What came first? Is that my good game or, or having the... How do I make the connection? By having a good game, but I can't get a good game if if I can't make the connection. Yeah. I So 
I think that the first key to that really, um, at least from my experience, is you're right. It's hard to just go out and make best friends with the publisher, especially the publisher that happens to be the <laughs> publisher that like you want to publish your game. Um, and you can certainly try that. You could volunteer for that publisher at a con, right? That would get their attention. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, my advice would be to not try and do that at all, but instead to just go out into the community with your games and play games with people. Play test their games, ask them to play test your games, yep. make friends, right? Make friends with yep. game designers. Because guess what? Game designers know other publishers, right? So here's two things that are gonna happen, three things that are gonna happen out of that. One, you're gonna make yep. friends in the industry, which is cool, because it's nice to be able to do this stuff with your friends. Two, you're going to have people that are gonna help you make your game better, and you're gonna get experience helping them make their games better, right? And three, some okay. of them will be friends with publishers. You know, I mean, gosh, when I first started this, like seven years ago or whatever, I didn't know any publishers. And now, I mean, like, I mean, sitting here on my desk, I have the business cards of, of probably eight different publishers, not to mention that, like, I've got some that follow me on Twitter. I'm friends with some of them personally. Um, and that all just didn't happen overnight, right? I mean, that most of those introductions happened from game designers introducing me to publishers. Um, yeah. And it doesn't work that way for everyone. I don't think that's how it worked for you. I think you just kind of dove in, found the people, and started asking to meet with them, um, if I'm correct. but Yeah, yeah, but still, at the same time, it is... There is, I guess, I feel like there's a, there's a levels levels of of publishers and designers which again it, it i mean i'm just speaking what i what i've seen so far i'm still new at this industry but there are publishers that they're very easy to to communicate with get a you know talk uh, send an email get some communication some responses and there are some that don't respond at all and the way it works usually is that that's how it is with the bigger publishers um Again, not all of them. I, I wouldn't say maybe not even 50% of them. But there's this whole, again, the whole, if I'm known, I can get a bigger reach on on some publishers than others. Right. Which right. is interesting. A, a, again, I'm, I'm just kind of being truthful here to the listeners how, how things are. So if you feel like, oh, I'm not getting any any leeway on, on my design or getting some interest, you're not the only one. Um, so, so it, it is one of those things that is hard. It is hard to break into the industry. Uh, but like you said, if you, if you keep going at it and, and little by little, you'll always start making some progress in anything. It can be either your design, whoever you're meeting, um, wh however you're pitching, even your communication skills, because, when I first started pitching games, I was like super nervous, um, yeah, and, yeah. I, and you know, sweating like crazy and stuff like that. And now that I've done it so much, it's it's pretty straightforward. I mean, nobody knows my game more than me, so I shouldn't be, um, I guess, nervous about presenting something that I know so much about. Because yeah. when you make a presentation, when you make a presentation, you're very nervous because you got to learn all this stuff. Like when you, when I was in college right. and high school and all that, it, it was nervous. It was nerve wracking because you didn't know the whole thing about what you were talking about and you were nervous about messing up. But when it comes to a design, 
I mean, you know a lot about it. So so try to be confident in what you're going to be uh, talking about and how you're going to present your game and how you're going to sell it. Yeah, I think that, you know, for me, the number one scariest thing about pitching to a publisher is not that they're not going to like my game. It's they're not going to get it. Like, I'm going to start explaining mm. it and it's they're just going to be like, I don't get it. And that's the worst <laughs> feeling, right? Because what, what they're saying is you're doing a bad job of explaining this game to me. Uh, I wish you were doing a better job of explaining this game to me, right? Um, hmm. You know, and uh, I'll say, though, that um, from practicing that with publishers, you know, and, and I did a lot of that at Gen Con, and I was nervous every time at Gen Con, uh, a little less, because several of the pitches I went to with Isaac, so I was like, I had backup. Even if I was pitching my game, he was there, right? So it was like somebody was there, like, being my wingman. Um, and I think that... Like when when we pitched at Grand Con, I wasn't nervous even a little bit, um, and you know I think that part of that too is um, when I used to pitch games, I would say like I gotta sell this game, right? I, I have to sell this game. Like ba- basically, I, it was kind of like I have to have something to show for what all the work I'm putting in here. I have to sell this game. Yeah. And like I finally just I've got a couple games out there, and I was able to just say, you know what? I don't have to sell this game. Like I would really like to. But it's not going to like like be the end of the world if I don't, right? Um, yeah. In making that pivot in my mind has made it a lot easier to accept when somebody doesn't like something, right? But it it is one one thing is also I mean is thinking of how I'm am I going to take things, and another thing is when it happens how you really take it, because you know I guess in a in a there's a Spanish saying, I guess a Puerto Rican saying. Uh, con la boca umame, which is, I guess the equivalent is like saying, saying it with your mouth is easy. It's just when it happens, how are you going to, how's it going to happen, really? Well, you know, so, um, I had a huge possible game thing get turned down uh, very unexpectedly. Um, it's nothing yeah. I've talked about on the show, um, but uh, it was something Neil and I were working on and it got turned down and like I was kind of shocked and surprised it got turned down but i was like you know what got turned down all right let's move on you know and in two years ago if i got that news i would have been like i don't want to do this anymore like this is the worst um yeah but and you know I, you I get used to that too. right you kind of kind of like you know get get used to that rejection i think that's important yeah and and here's here's my my part of it so after origins i also had a good interest in a couple games i it was like five games and um while i did get one sign which was on origins that was awesome but then the other four there were there were like a lot of a good interest i mean i was very excited and the publisher said i will get back to you as soon as i can on it they were really excited and some other publishers took uh, two games And I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. And like the next week, Jason, I got four emails. Like it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all rejections. And yeah, that's and there's no know, preparing for that. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, it was. And the, the other thing is that it kind of said that president of, oh, they 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 responded quickly. I, even even though there were rejections, it was like within two weeks uh, they had already made evaluations on it and and there's also you got to be considerate of the of the time frame that you're on too because we're talking about you know 
Gen Con just happened, and publishers, a lot of them may be getting ready for Essen, which is the big one of the biggest conventions in the world. So, so there's that you got also got to think about. It's not just that they're not, they're just ignoring you. It's that they are certainly busy. Um, so, it, so, so there's that as well. Now, however, it it is kind of it does feel bad when you do have a game under evaluation and the publisher said, you know, I'm going to get back to you within the week because I really like this. And it's been a month and a half and no communication. And, and this is how I do do it with follow-up emails. So if there is interest, um, I would send, you know, if they have my game, I want to follow up with them. Right? So, the first thing is, even if they weren't interested in my game during the convention, I usually send a, a follow-up email at the end of, of, you know, like a week after and say, it was great meeting you. Thank you so much for taking the time to look at my game. I really appreciate it. Something as simple as that. You know, it, it is a little yep. touch of... I think that's a good move. Just, yeah, it's just being nice. And and it's, it's, I guess it's not something that many people do because... Hey, nothing came out of it, so let's go to the next thing. They're, they're, you know, publishers are people too, and and just making that social connection is nice. Um, so it's not, I guess, the way I'm saying it, it's like a, like a play, but it really is nice to meet new people. I really enjoy that. Um, now, I, when it comes to evaluating games, I I I give them time because I know that they are busy with their thing. If they don't contact me, I will contact them. But the way I do it is I wait a month. If they haven't contacted me, I contact them within a month after the thing, which may seem like a lot, but it is, when it comes to game design, it is a, a, a okay. It right. is pretty okay. Well, and I think to put it in perspective for any non-game designers out there that are hearing this, it's that the reason it takes them so long is not just because they're busy, because the truth is the games of yours they're looking at today are not going to get published for one maybe two years. And so like, those are not the problems they're dealing with right now, right? Your game is nice to have. The games they're publishing right now are the halves to do. (laughs) There's a difference there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's what I do. I follow up with them and it's pretty much hello. So-and-so I wanted to follow up with you regarding the evaluation of so-and-so game. If you have any comments or concerns, don't hesitate to contact me. Again, thank you for your time. And that's all. That's how my email would go. And Yep, and I think know, that's good. Uh, sometimes yeah, sometimes they they send an email back within a week and sometimes they don't. Now, when they don't, that's kind of that that is starting to feel a little like I'm being ignored. Um Well, yeah, I mean it, I I see it both ways, you know. Going back to the whole levels of things. I don't do you think like a, a well game des- a well known game designer would have the same treatment as a lesser known game designer. No, right? No. So here's what I think should be the differentiation, right? I first of all, okay. I get I get that if Eric Lang pitches you a game as a company, right? You're going to respond yeah. to that email even if you hate the game because it's Eric Lang, <laughs> right? And he took interest in your company, and that's a big deal. He also probably isn't sending an unsolicited pitch email. 
he's probably shooting you a message saying, hey, I'd love to work with your company. I got some ideas. Let's chat. And you're not going to ignore that message unless you're stupid. Um, but but um, so I, I think that but I think in general, like it, it shouldn't. But I think but I think, yes, if an, if you get an unsolicited email from from you or me, Julio, or or an Eric Lang, right? Your the Eric Lang email is is hands down more important, and I think that's fair. Yeah, because he's earned it. Here's what's yeah. not okay with me though. If if you so if I if if they met with you with a con said hey this was great but no thanks for now let us know if you have more stuff in the future you send an email afterwards that says just want to say thanks for meeting with me really appreciate it if they don't respond to that yeah, yeah I wish fine. they would but I think that's okay but yeah if they take your game and then like never respond with you to reject it even though they've moved on I don't like that I mean when I I pitched to AEG once um, and they took a copy of one of my games seemed very excited about it and then a month later the guy emailed me and said you know what we decided that this just isn't a good fit for us we're going to move on and i was like thank you like thank you for yeah. saying no like that is so great when you get that no message because because you know right like you know that it's no yeah. and you can move on and you don't have to wait for it anymore and that's really convenient to not have to do that so yeah but i, I and yeah and that that is awesome one thing, um, I guess, you as a designer, you also you also have to hopefully, um, I guess, appreciate your time, I guess, because, I mean, my games. I've said this before, but some of my games take a lot of time to prototype, and if like I, if I've given my game to a publisher to evaluate, I usually expect them to if they decline, I contact them. Yeah, thank you for for taking the time to evaluate it. Um, I would like to pay for shipping to ship the game back to me, um, because you know I would prefer to spend twenty bucks to ship the game back than to spend ten bucks in components and then seven hours prototyping. Do you tell them that when you give them the game? Um, some well, no, uh, I haven't because. I mean, and again, if it's, and this is also, again, with the, with the bigger publishers, it's usually, I guess it doesn't happen as much, but they are usually very accommodating to that. Um, uh, so far, that right. has been well, cause, my experience. Because they got people that can do that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But again, I guess the, the, the only thing is really they're then taking the time to package the game and send it. But I'm the you know I'm the one paying for the shipping, which is something that I do appreciate. If they can do that again, it is not uh, something that I I would get mad about if they don't. But again, if if I don't know if the game is still under evaluation or not, how can I ask for that? You know, it does. Fe I can't be like oh sending an email after three months of no contact and say hello, can you please send my game back. Right, and they because like already I pitched it or something, you know. Yeah, it's funny because one of my um, earlier games, I guess the one that you played, uh, the World Tree, which is now uh, Holy the Color Festival coming for Floodgate Games next year, hopefully. Um, that that game, I pitched it to a publisher, and I c contacted them for follow-ups four months in a row. It, every month, I would send an email and no contact. And 
the day of origins, Jason, the day of origins, they send an email. Thanks, but no thanks. It was along those lines. Right. Yeah. No, no you told me about that one. And that's rough. Or anything. And I'm like, man. And I didn't care at that point because that game was already being signed by Floodgate. So whatever. <laughs> like, but Good riddance, other publisher. <laughs> but But it does. I mean, I, I'm just asking for... First, I guess some so a little respect, even though I may be an uh, unknown designer, and same with other people as well. Um, that if you're really not gonna, I guess, take the time or whatever, then just if you can just send an email, even if it's an automatic autom- automated message that you have pre written for other designers, that doesn't take 30 seconds to send. I agree with that. I mean, I think if you're if if you've taken a game, you you should send a rejection. Um, I'm up in the air about w- whether or not they offer to send your game back. Like I I would personally I would suggest like to you to put like inside the box or something, um, like inside the box, uh, like a note that's like, hey, thanks for looking at my game. If you decide you don't want it, I will pay for you to send it back to me. Like I mean, I feel like. To make sure that they're yeah. aware, because otherwise they just may not know, you know. Yeah, that's that. That's actually a good idea. Uh, I'll I'll do that because again, it is one of those things that I I do appreciate my time and and I want to make sure to to keep pursuing that game being signed. Um, yeah. So that's now important. let's go. Okay. So so that's just kind of I'm trying to speak for a lot of the designers out there that are very um i guess what, what's the word frustrated with the lack of communication from publishers and and again i'm not speaking for i don't even think 50 percent of them but there are some out there that should that maybe should have some better communication skills right there, there's a publisher regard. there's a publisher right now that's looking at uh compulsed neil and i's game and um, once a month, I send him an email and say, hey, so see how it's going. See if there's anything I can do for you. Uh, you know, like any questions? How's it going? And every month they reply and say, we've played it several more times. We still need to play it some more. Um, I'll get back to you soon. Um, and then yeah, 30 days yeah. later, I send him another message. And I, one of them I was like, hey, I'm going to stop and talk to you at Gen Con. Is that cool? So I'm at Gen Con. They were super awesome. Glad to see me. Said, we'll be back to you soon. And I thought, no, you probably won't because you're super busy and that's okay. But what they are doing is they're constantly giving me communication. And I I believe that that company will eventually buy that game. I do because they've put so much time into playtesting it to make sure that it's what they need it to be. That at this yeah. point, it's like sunk cost, right? Like you might as well publish my game. You've played it like three dozen times. Um I mean, and they even told me at Gen Con, like he he pulled me aside and said, "Dude, this this game is really good, like really good," um, which felt <laughs> awesome, right? Like even if they didn't publish it, like yeah. I've talked about this before, where when someone takes a copy of your game, um, it's not the the best thing is that yes, yeah, someday they may publish it, but but truly the most important thing is they said this game is worthwhile, and I want to take a look at it, right? And that I think is so validating to a designer. Um, and they didn't pick it up. So what they didn't pick it up, they they're looking at probably 40 other games. Right. But 
they were looking at 40 other games and they thought your game might be might be one of those um and yeah. that is that should make you feel like all right you know i mean is, is it going to be a bummer when it doesn't get picked up absolutely and it should be a bummer right because you wanted it to get picked up um but i think that's something we don't remind ourselves enough is the fact that someone took the game because they yeah. thought they might want it is huge 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 yeah so hopefully i guess in in the next couple cook and in this couple of weeks i'll get some responses one publisher did say that they were going to get back to me within 60 days so i'll hopefully hold on up to that um now and i know we're running out of time but um there's also the let's say you did sign a game what kind of communication would you expect from a publisher um once they sign a game to me yeah um yeah. to me once they sign the game officially we've agreed everything we've agreed all the terms they know how my name should be on the box they know every, all of that stuff after that technically they owe me nothing really however my opinion is like i would like it if they would include me in some questions i would like it if they would give me previews of stuff and give me heads up when things are happening um, yeah. but they don't have to, right? I would love it if they did, but they absolutely owe me nothing with that. Legally speaking. Okay. Right. So um, here's my here. Yeah. That's from, from your experience. So from my experience with the games that I signed, I think I've had, I have had the, the three different options that you could have. Maybe there's four, but as of now, the three different, the three different communication types that I've had is, um, the one that you said, so basically the publisher's doing everything and and they have sometimes asked you for feedback. That's like the medium one. They ask for your feedback and maybe sometimes, hey, try this out and see how it feels. We tried it out. We like it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, check out this artwork or stuff like that. Now, there's also the side of um, they signed the game and they're, there's no communication since they've signed it. And that's okay. Again, I always tell publishers that I can be as involved as they want me to be or as uninvolved as they don't they want me to be. It's it's really up to them because I have a I guess a priority list of how to work on my games. And number 1 on that priority list is the games that I've signed. Right. So, if if the publisher wants me to help them work on the game, then I'm okay with that. So the and that brings me to the third one, which is continuously working with the publisher. Uh, on making the game great, making changes, then making changes and trying it out. So more like a, I guess like a development role in a design, which is some, I guess it's something that I'm okay with because I like to learn about how the industry works in that regard. Um, it is more work for sure, but, but there is that. Um, and, and it is cool to know how other people work on their development as well. It's definitely a great way to learn as, uh, like that. Right. And well, I would say yeah, from my ahead. perspective, I tell every publisher when they sign my game, I will be as involved as much or as little as you would like me to be. Um, okay. You tell me same, what you need for me. I'm your guy. Uh, the one I'm working with right now um, that I signed a game with recently um, I'm doing a ton of development on it myself that I frankly didn't expect to have to do. Um, but we made some sweeping changes to the game. 
Um, yeah. And that's okay. Like it was for great reason. I'm super glad we made those sweeping changes. It's actually the game is going to be way better for it. It's funny because we didn't change the game. We changed some theme stuff with the game, not for mechanics, uh, for some other reasons. Um, but the fact that we did change those theme things have made the mechanics so much better. And I'm so stoked about it. It really freed up the game to do a lot more. Um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm super stoked about it. It's going to be great. Um, but anyways, that's an aside. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is I'll do as much development as I want. If they want to say, we bought this game, we'll send you checks and we'll send you copies when it's time. Okay. <laughs> like I like being in the know. But I can live with that because it's not going to be any more work and I'm still going to get paid the same. So it's cool, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and again, we may revisit this uh, sometime in the future because I guess from my perspective, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> so I'm right, just right. waiting on, on, you know, game development for, for a lot of my projects and, and, and just pitching games. So we'll see what happens a year from now when my games start coming out. But yes, so to your point, and this is important, as long as the publisher is being respectful, right? Um, yeah. Like if the publisher like ignores you for like three months or five months and then suddenly is like, hey, Julio, this game we signed, we need a bunch of development done and we need it done yesterday. Can you hop on that? Like that's not, that's crap. You should not have to drop everything for that. You could if, yeah. it, if it works for you. But like the publisher I'm working with right now, they were like, hey, man, listen, we need to make these changes. Here's the deal. We want to get this playtest ready for this game design day that's coming up. Like, it's in a couple weeks. Like, do you think you can turn this stuff around? And I said, yes and no. So there's a couple things I can't physically do fast enough. And they said, we'll do that. Rough sketch some stuff. We'll take that part. You don't have to do it. I was like, awesome. And then they sent me a big email and said, here's the stuff we need. I, I did some stuff and said, here's what I did. I don't know what to do with this stuff. I need your direction to just tell me what to do. And they're going to get back. They're going to say, do this. And then I'm going to do that. Like, and so it was just really about setting clear expectations. Um, and they were very respectful. Had I said, guys, I'm going to be out of town for two weeks. They'd have been super bummed, but they would have, you know, they would have handled it. Right. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, all the sweeping changes we're making, we only found out two weeks ago that we had to make those sweeping changes. So like, it's not like they've been sitting on this forever. And then we're suddenly like, Hey, Jason, drop everything and help us. You know what I mean? Um, you know, had they been a, a publisher that had been sitting on my game for six to 12 months and then suddenly said, hey, Jason, drop everything and help us. If I couldn't, I couldn't. And I'm not going to feel bad about that um, because it's about being respectful to each other. Right. Yeah. So I think I think uh, respectful, timely and considerate are definitely three things that are kind of, yes. I guess, like a base for for good communication. Completely agree. Yep, yep. So that's our our take on that. If I guess if listeners you have any any comments or or questions regarding that, it would be great to hear from you all. Yes, yes, it would. And and guess what? What? Uh, two things. One, we're out of time. You're not going to get to pitch a game tonight. Uh, but that's okay. What? Uh, I know it's going to uh. drive you crazy, isn't it? Because we didn't follow the format. Yeah, deal with it, buddy. You're on the show now. That's how it works. Oh, um, that sucks. But no, this is a really good discussion. And we actually have a voicemail uh, that was about one of your episodes. Uh, and I want to okay. make sure we play it because you're on right now. Um, so sure. uh, I'm going to play it. Hey, uh, uh, listening to 378 um, with Julio and... Uh, the idea of career um, 
and interests affecting your game design. Um, so, uh, Matthew Bivens, I've been calling a few times now. Um, I teach art. So, the, um, the, the desire to have good art for the game really got in my way, uh, when I started to design board games. Um, but at the same time, I also wanted to design board games that I could use in, uh, my classroom. And, um, yeah, so there was, there was a few different struggles. I was, I, I was working on things that would help with education. And then I was also working with, uh, things that would be art. So, uh, a lot of my games now do have a, uh, science fiction and fantasy thing to it. And, um, that, that has a bit to do with the, um, the Dungeons and the Dragons and the Gama world and such. So I think it was a really great topic. Uh, thanks for bringing it up, Julio. I think, I think I'm liking this new format. Um, and, uh, I'm really bad with names. And so I think it's, I, I miss Jason or, uh, anyways, thanks again. Bye. Oh, well, thank you, Matthew, for, for liking the podcast. I really uh, appreciate that. And, it's 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 definitely a, a cool opportunity, and I hope people can can you know get something out of it. Um, so from from what you were talking about, which is interesting, because um, one of my co-designers, uh, Seth McCormick, he's also uh, an art teacher, and I guess it's art history in the university level. And there's there's a whole thing of you know if you do something, you want to make sure that what you do is represented in your design somehow. Um, and regarding with, you want to show that game to your students and educate them s somehow with that, I don't see a problem with having, you know, some representative art uh, uh, in your game that you can, you know, you can borrow from from Google or non-project or uh uh, gameicons.net and stuff like that as long as you don't sell the game and it's just something free for everybody you can you can do that and that's one way i guess to from my perspective that you could uh i guess uh what's the word like be happy with your design based on what you do um what what do you think jason no i agree with that i do and um i thought that was i don't know some cool stuff that matt shared with that um, I know he's been a long time listener, so I appreciate that, uh, also that he likes the new format. That makes me happy. <laughs> it makes yeah, me feel that, like I've done awesome. something right. <laughs> that's awesome. And if you, I mean, like I said, I, I did speak about, uh, my friend Seth, he has his game, uh, Renaissance rivals on his blog, like cardboard prof, I think it is. And, and you can check that out. I mean, that could be a good resource for your students, so that's that's something you could check out and, and use as reference, maybe. Awesome. So maybe a connection there. Yeah. So that's uh, the end of another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry you didn't get to pitch your game uh, next time, but we talked a long time about that topic, and I think it was a really good chatting and really worthwhile. So um, it was worth yeah, it. And, uh, so I'll, I'll leave a little uh, preview. The game is going to be about beach volleyball. Oh, all right. Something I know a ton about. 
So <laughs> really, no. Uh, my my extent <laughs> of my knowledge for for beach volleyball is the game, the old NES game, Super Spike V Ball, uh, which I was amazing <laughs> I, at. But okay, other than I never that, played it, but I'll have to check it out. It was really good. I mean, it probably wasn't, but I was really good at it, so that's all I cared about. Like the Maybe dudes, be like when I would like spike the ball, you'd be like smash! It was great. Maybe it'll be on the Nintendo Switch. They they announced Super NES games for the Nintendo Online. If that if that was on there, they would have my money so that I could be like <laughs> yeah and spike the ball. Awesome. Well, hey. Uh, thanks again, Julio, for, for joining this show and uh, talking about all the intelligent stuff you talk about because you sound way smarter than I do and definitely way smarter than Nick Katarski. Uh, Nicole's pretty smart as well, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I think she beats us all. Beats us all. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. Well, hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in again this week to the show. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, if you want to find us, um, you can find us on Facebook. I'm going to try and do more with the Facebook. So, uh, with, for the podcast. So I'm going to start putting all the episodes out there and stuff uh, every week. So I would strongly encourage you to like us on Facebook. If we're out there at building the game podcast, you can also find us on our website, building the game podcast.com. You can email us at building the game podcast at gmail.com. Or you could call our voicemail 770-TEL-BTG. You can find me on the Twitter at at J.A. Slingerland. The podcast is at PodcastBTG. Uh, Julio is at WhoNazaru. Um, yep. And yeah, I think that's everything. You can find us, uh, like us. Uh, I'd like more reviews on iTunes. Yes, I want more reviews on iTunes. Uh, we've got a lot of a lot of good ratings out there, but uh, more reviews are nice. Uh, and when the views are good or funny, we'll read them. Uh, yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, I think that is everything for tonight, unless you've got anything else, Julio. No, no. Uh, just uh, keep uh, keep keep designing, people, and uh, don't get discouraged. Keep going. That's right. Well, you all have a good night then. You too. Good night, everybody. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial seven seven hotel BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>